Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from the Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas, here is Pastor Anderson with today's message. Amen. I want to call your attention to Psalms 121. We know that last week we looked at Psalms 121. And we really took a bird's eye view of Psalms 121. So this morning I really want to slow down and teach through this. Because I believe there are four simple truths that are in Psalms 121. That I believe the Lord wants to share with us. You know, I really struggle with some type of subject this morning because last week we talked about the Lord is our keeper. And I really believe we left with one thought on our mind, and that is the Lord is our keeper. But today I want to look at four simple truths in this Psalms, and we're going to walk through this together so today, I really want to be in teaching form, not preaching, and there is a difference. So in Psalms 121, we'll walk through it together. But there is a story shared by Katie, and Katie wrote a book called Kisses from Katie. And Katie penned her thoughts in her book, and she found out that life is a long journey. And today, wouldn't you agree that life is a journey? And a journey sometimes takes you down roads that you never expected. And Katie said that she found out that life was a journey and it was a heavy, hard, celebratory journey, especially when you follow Jesus. And she said there are times that Jesus will take you down to the hard places and paths of life. And being a Christian follower means being acquainted with sorrows. And I know that we're living in a day and age where we hear preaching about prosperity. I'm not against prosperity because I do believe God wants us to prosper. Um, that we hear preaching about what we can get. But there are times that we need to hear preaching about how life can deal us a bad hand. But even with a bad hand, you need to know that your God is a keeper. So Katie says that she is learning to appreciate the joy and the pain because the joy and the pain are worth it. And after Christ was murdered, he had to be taken down, go into a tomb before he was ever resurrected. So here are Katie's words that there are times that we have to die, not physically, but sometimes mentally or spiritually that God can resurrect us because he wants to do more in us that we can see more of him, that people can know that even in the good and the bad, you will serve your God because your God is worthy to be served. But Katie says this. There are times when God would take you into dark places and sometimes he would take you into the desert. But even when he has taken me in dark places and he has taken me into the desert, 
God was the only one who saw me through the dark places as well as the deserts. And there are times that I slipped out on God, Katie says. But God was so good that he found Miss Katie and brought him back to himself. So I believe this morning, Katie is trying to tell us that life is not always fair, life is not always easy, that there are dark places, there are times that we slip, but even in the desert places, even in the dark places, even in the time when you slip, God is such a good God that he is a keeper. So this morning, let me hook a trailer up to what I said last week and remind you that your God is a keeper. It may be hard right now, but God is the only one who has keeping power. So thank God for a God who is a keeper. So this morning, I want to encourage you. It may be uncomfortable, but now, right now, but keep on living. God will see you through your hard, dark, desert places. When unexpected things happen in your life, your God will see you through. When you don't know which way to turn, God will be right there to turn you on the right path because he is your keeper and he will see you through. When you're on rough terrain and the terrain is rugged and you are ready to slip, your God has a way and we will find out through this passage that he will keep your foot from slipping. So in Psalms 121, last week we told you that Psalms 121 is one of 15 songs of ascent. That Psalms 120 through 134, 35, you will find out that these are 15 songs that are penned and they are songs of ascent because they are on their way up to Jerusalem and the pilgrims are singing on their journey. Hey, this week I found out that every now and then it's just good to sing. Because yes. sometimes when you sing, songs make your heart merry. Yes. And there are times when you are in such a dark place and it's bleak that Tupac won't get it. Yes. That Maze won't get it. I used to like Biggie Smalls. Biggie won't get it. Back in the day, New Edition wouldn't get it. You think of your favorite song, your favorite group, sometimes that stuff won't bring you out. But when I call on the name of Jesus, and I call on Jesus through a hymn or through a song that makes my heart, uh, makes my heart merry, and God has a way of blessing me on the inside. And sometimes we have to realize it's not the blessing on the outside we need, it's the blessing on the inside. Because when we get blessed on the inside, we can take care of the outside. So that's why you gotta be careful about always asking God to bless on the outside. Because many times if God changes you on the inside, you can change your circumstance. Yes. So they are singing on their way up to Jerusalem. And I love it because we'll find out in this text that when the pilgrims are making their way up to Jerusalem, they're going to Jerusalem because the temple is in Jerusalem. And they are going to worship. But even though they are on a journey to worship, the rugged, rough, terrain will cause them to slip because they are on the mountain and mountains have up and down steeps they go around turns they go into valleys and yet they're on the incline can you see life that every now and then on your way to church that's the temple you have to go through a journey all week 
And some days are good and some days are bad. I know people tell you don't speak it, but every now and then you just have to be honest with yourself. Every now and then you have to realize that life is not fair. But even though life is not fair and you are on your journey and you are making your way to the temple and the temple is synonymous with the church, you can sing because God will meet you in the temple. And that's why I get excited about Sunday mornings because I can come and meet Jesus and meet Jesus for myself. Yes, I met him at home, but it's something about getting to the house of prayer, getting around God's people and seeing a smile on your face. And then when I can hear songs of praise, that changes me. And I realize that I can leave right back out, get right back in the fight, get right back on my journey because I met the God of the universe. Slow down, you're not teaching, you're preaching. But I can meet the God of the universe. And I'm ready for my journey. So we find this in Psalms, and these pilgrims are on this long, difficult, tedious, hard journey, rough, rugged terrain. The topography is awful, and yet they make their way to Jerusalem because they understand it's important to uh, worship God. Can I say this this morning? It's important to worship God. Because your worship is not determined by who you are and what you have, your worship is determined about who he is. He is the God of the universe, and that's why we worship him. So here's four simple truths that's in the text. Here's the first one. Here's the first truth I want to share this morning. God is your helper. If you're taking notes, write that down. God is your helper. Verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The psalmist, the pilgrims are on their way up to Jerusalem, but there are mountains in front of them. There are hills in front of them. And they are literally asking themselves a rhetorical question. They are asking themselves, where is our help coming from? We've been on this road before, and some pilgrims, the road is new, but their help is not in the mountains or the hills because there are thieves in the mountains. There are robbers in the hills, and they have to see beyond the hills, above the uh, hills, to see the God of the hills. So they are asking themselves a question, where does my help come from? So although they are far from the temple, they are not far from Jehovah God. And can I say this this morning? Sometimes you feel like God is far from you. He is not far from you because the scripture says he promises never to leave you nor to forsake you. So you are never out of the all-seeing, all-knowing God. You are never out of his eyes. And that's what I love about God, that he sees every move I make, good and bad. And because he sees my move, he knows when to come in and the right time. So he is your helper. Let me say this this morning. Every day you get up and when life gets tough, Brother Selvin, you remind yourself, God is my helper. When the bills are due, God is my helper. When sickness invades your body, God is my helper. When kids are acting crazy in class, God is my helper. See, y'all clapping on that. I got a lot of teachers and coaches in here. When you don't know which way to turn and you walk out your classroom and you want to give up, no, God put you there for a reason. 
God needs children of God to stand up in the classroom, to stand up on the field, and be a representation of a holy God to an awful world. And every now and then, you just got to take it. Because when you take it, God will let you make it. So you just have to say, God, you are my helper. Remind yourself. And that's why it's important for you to memorize Psalms 121. So last night, we tried to take a date night. Once a week, we tried. But every now and then, it's once every two weeks. And every now and then, it's once a month. So we're on our way way to Killing Steakhouse. If you hadn't been, you need to go. Bring your wallet, but it's a good place. So we're driving to Paraland, and we're listening to 93.7. Don't judge us. We don't listen to all holy music all the time. So we're driving. Eric B. and Rakim come on. My wife and I, boom, we rapping, doing everything in the car. Yeah, pastor like to have fun. LL Cool J come, I need love. My wife quoted the whole song. So I'm like, oh, I didn't know you got down like that. Beastie Boy, here's a little, you know, the Paul Revere. I rapped that whole song. And I watched song after song. And when we got to Killings, we just looked at each other. And I said, girl, I love you. I just love being crazy with you. You know why I fell in love again with my wife? It's because you have to stop stop taking life so serious that every now and then you just need to take your coat off and just have a good time. But here's the point of that illustration. We not sing just for the enjoyment of singing, but we had memorized those songs back in the sixth grade. And see, when you memorize this psalms, when life get hard, that the song will come back in your spirit and you can recite it just like we were reciting LL Cool J. Come on, come on. And that's why it's important for you to take time to read your Bible. So you have to remind yourself that God is your helper. So how big is your problem? Look at it today. Size it up. How big is it? But how big is it in comparison to your God? Because in verse 2 it says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Is your problem bigger than this God who made heaven and earth? I doubt it. And that's why you have to tell yourself that your help comes from God. And I've been saying this, and I'll go to my next point. Stop depending on people. People won't always be there. People will drop you. People will leave you. And that's why you got to be careful of putting all your stock in people. I put all my stock in God. Because God has never left me. He's never dropped me. He has never forsaken me. So your help comes from God. Here's number two. God is your keeper. So your help comes from him. And he is your keeper. Look at verse 3 and 4. He would not allow your foot to slip. That's an imagery of a, 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 a singer, a worshiper, going around the rough, rugged terrain. And they get so close to the mountain that their foot almost slipped. And they're about to fall over the mountain. But they have to remind themselves that he would not allow my foot to slip. Every now and then, life gets so hard that your foot will slip. But God says this in the text, that he is so faithful that he has keeping power, and he will keep his people stable, and he will keep them upright in the dark and hard places of life. So he says, he will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will neither slumber 
Behold, he who keeps Israel would neither slumber nor sleep. So consider this this morning. Our God is always awake. He never falls asleep on the watch. He never gets distracted. He's always focused on you. When Aaron was a baby, we had a hard time putting her to sleep because my mom would keep up all day. And then we would pick up by six and Aaron refused to go to sleep. So I had this little deal. I would pick up and just rock her all night, just rock her. And I hate that I started that. Because about, don't do it, Brandon, you got a newborn. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some nuggets, don't do it. So I'm rocking her. And I'm rocking her to this song, The Best Is Yet To Come. I'm dancing, rocking my baby. The best is yet. I'm tired. She's just looking at me. And since I'm doing this for like 30 minutes, the best. And she's just looking at me. And I'm like, man, you need to go to sleep. It's 1 o'clock. I got to get up at 5. The best. And finally she went to sleep. Oh my God. And I slowed down. But instead of me putting her in the bed right away, I would just watch her. Because I made her. I was thinking about her future. I was willing to give up my life for this baby. And I was willing to watch over her. But then when she turned two and three, I went from rocking to making a mistake of letting us sleep in our bed. I'm coaching you this morning. So she started sleeping in our bed. And she was just sleeping next to mama, but I really believe she was sleeping next to daddy. So I transitioned her out of our bed and put her in her bed. But Ms. Rios, it was just so hard for me just to walk away. So I was just standing there and just watch over and just dream. Come here this morning. That's the same kind of God you have. Yes. That he wants to watch over you. And there's a, every now and then he wants to rock you. Now, he may, may not be rocking you to the best is yet to come. But if you imagine that, the best days are ahead of you and the best is yet to come. So I want to encourage somebody this morning. It may be hard right now, but guess what? Hard times don't last always. That your day is coming. But before your day gets here, God has to remind you that he is your helper and he knows how to keep you. So just like I kept Aaron, God has a way of keeping you. And what I love about God, he's a better keeper than I am. He has a way of keeping you. So it doesn't matter this morning what problem you're dealing with. You can leave it in the hands of God. So let me repeat this, what I repeated last week. Since God is up, it makes no sense for both of you to stay up all night. He's already on the job. You need yeah. to take your, I, I got a couch, sorry, Miss Rio, and I go to sleep. Last night I couldn't go to sleep because my boy LeBron did it. He closed that thing. But if it wasn't LeBron, I would have been sleeping, and I would have been snoring. And I want to sleep, and I want to snore because God will never sleep. He's always on the job. Yeah. He's there 24-7. So since he is on the job, somebody has to get some rest. And God doesn't need rest. So let me tell you something. Whatever you're going through, write it down on a piece of paper. Set it right there. Get in your bed. Close your eyes and go to sleep. Just sleep. Get your rest. Because when you get up, God is still on the job. Yeah. And I remember that every problem I had when I got up, it was still there. So it wasn't nothing I could do about it. But God had to remind me that I'm already on the job. So since I'm on the job, you go to bed and let me stay up. So he is your keeper. Here's the third thing. And we're almost done. 
God is your protector. Some of you are saying right now, this is a simple sermon. It is. I want to keep it simple this morning because I want our kids to get it. God is your protector. Look at verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The, the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. Do me a favor. Underline something in your Bible. If you, if, if, if you don't mind writing in your Bible. Verse 2. You see the word Lord? It's in all caps. Underline it. Verse 5. All caps. Underline it. Lord, verse 5. Second time. Underline it. Verse 7. Underline it. Verse 8. Underline it. It's in caps for a reason. The reason it's capitalized is because it speaks back to the Hebrew word Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, that God was showing his people that if I have a covenant with you, I am the one who can keep the covenant because I don't break my promises. This morning, you need to know that you have a covenant-keeping God, that at the point that you... declared your trust in Jesus Christ you made a covenant with God and God made a covenant with you and God says this that if you trust me I'll keep you if you trust me I'll bless you if you trust me I'll heal you if you trust me I will use you I just need you to trust me I will always keep my covenant so again I'm in this part of life where I'm taking care of my mom so Saturday yesterday I go to the skilled nursing facility. I see my mom. How you doing? Uh, I, I just want to get out of bed. Mom, are you wet? Yes. Okay, how many times have the nurses been here? Twice? Well, mom, they're not just going to camp out in here. Let me help you up. Help her up. I allow my, my mom to do certain things for herself because I still want her to feel like she's a human being. But then there's some other stuff that she can't do that I have to help her with. So I helped her put on her pants, put some gel in my hand, put it in her hair, combed it, washed her face, did a few other things, turned around in the bed, put her back in the bed, helped her with some other stuff. And she just said, man, I'm just hurting. I'm just hurting. I'm just hurting. I know, mom. I know. I know. I know. Let me tell you why I told you that. Because I never thought in my life that I would be taking care of my mom. But see, life has a way of showing you that the unexpected will happen. But what do you do in the unexpected? The reason why I said that is because in the text, the psalmist says the sun would not smite you by day nor the moon by night. So the psalmist gives us two extremes. He talks about the sun because when they were on the journey, They could literally pass out in the desert because of a sunstroke. Life could get so hard that you feel like the sun is beaming down on you and you could have a massive heart attack or you could have a stroke because believe it or not, stress will kill you on this journey. So you got to be careful about certain things that you stress over because if you can't control them, you put it in the hands of God because God is your protector. Yes. So he says the sun, but then he says the moon. So he gives two extremes, the sun because of the daytime, 
but the moon because of the night. Well, why the moon? Because they believed in the biblical days that if you traveled at night, there would be times that the moon could do something to your mind. And that's why they get the word lunacy, that you become a lunatic. So the psalmist uses two extremes, a stroke because of the sun or becoming crazy because of the moon. And life has a way of doing both, killing you physically, but killing you mentally. And you have to be careful that you don't allow life to beat you down to kill you physically, but to also kill you mentally. Why? Because God is your protector. So several years ago, I was in College Station. I'm meeting with San Sandy Isabel. Sandy is dying of cancer, ovarian cancer. And we're talking. And I say, Sandy, how you doing? I'm okay. Sandy, how can I pray for you? I'm good. Sandy, what do you need? I'm good because I know Jesus. But listen to what she says at the end of our conversation. She said, Eric, I'm good because God is my peace. God is holding me up on the inside. My body is breaking down, but my spirit is alive and well because God is my keeper, God is my protector, and God is my peace. And all is well with my soul, and I'm ready to go home. Two weeks later, she went home to be with Jesus. That showed me right there that all the stuff on the outside can kill you, but it's on the inside is what keeps you because God knows how to keep your soul. And I said this last week, you can take my money, but don't touch my soul. And God has a way of protecting your soul. And here's the fourth thing, and I'm done. Here's the fourth thing. God is the source of your blessings. God is. Not you, not the people you run with, not your intellect, not how many degrees you have, not how bad you think you are, because there's always somebody better than you, worse than you. God is the one who blesses you. He is your source of blessing. How do I know that? Verse 8, the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This entire passage speaks to the doctrine of God. And here's what I mean by that. God has providential care, that he cares about every aspect of your life. You're under his care. You are his pilgrim. And although the journey is hard today, he is the only one that can keep you. He's your helper. He's your protector because all blessings come from him. Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.